Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Hangover Podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone, all things FPL related. We've seen Game Week 13 come to a close this week and the saying goes, unlucky for some, lucky for others and that old adage proved to be bang on the money this week with tales of misfortune galore abounding across the FPL universe. And here to share in those tales is my podcast partner in crime, Seamus, how are you getting on my friend? Yeah, really good, really good. I've broken into the top million in FPL, so lucky game week thirteen. Yeah, lucky game week thirteen for me. But that said, I still made a couple of what could be deemed mistakes or not great decisions. So uh, I'll discuss those uh, at length, I'm sure, later on. How was your game week? Yeah, I had a pretty uh, pretty enjoyable one. Uh, I think it was kind of how we both got similar enough scores this week, so there was no bitterness between myself and yourself. It's always refreshing to have after a game week. Mm. But um, that you know has its own mini tales within them. Uh, in general, yeah, I mean, an enjoyable week. It was a, a lot of football watch this weekend, and after the international break, that was exactly what I needed to kind of quench my thirst. Yeah, I consumed a whole lot of football this week. There's been some weeks there recently that I haven't seen a lot of a lot of ball, but yeah, this week was like pretty much my entire Saturday was spent watching it. So the United game, Sunday, so yeah. yeah. Oh, all balls. Loads of balls. Yeah, yeah. So how did uh, your actual you know score turn out this week with all said and done? Newcastle, Aston Villa last night. I'm glad you asked, sure. Yeah. Because that's the entire purpose of this pod, right? It's kind um, of over here. <laughs> game week 13 score of 68, um, which was a game week rank of 671k. So it's only like the second, I think the second time I've been in the top 1 million this season. It's you've got on, a brand new, sorry to cut across the shamans, but you've got a brand new notebook there. I just thought it was worth drawing attention. Uh, it's very nice. I like how white it is. Yeah, it's very large. Yeah, It's very large. I can get everything onto one page here rather than shuffling pages. I might time. actually be able to read it from yeah. now on. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's all here. I'm, I'm trying to hide it from you. I know, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But basically, <laughs> I have to write these down because I'm never going to remember all these figures. But yeah, that's how we get it. Like a 300k, just short of a 300k green arrow. And my overall rank now is 786k. So, um, yeah, finally into the top million again for like the first time since game week two. Total overall points, uh, 705. I'm happy with that. That's 19 points above the game week average. And it was like something like four or five points ahead of the top 10k average. So, yeah, making, game, making movements. The game week average being 49. What did you, you said before we started recording the, the top 10k average. What was that again? I believe that was 63. Man, there's such a fucking difference, isn't there? Yeah, I have a, I have a lot of that team. Oh. Template-wise, I got on the forward template uh, before it kind of emerged. So I had Jimenez. Obviously, I didn't get on Vardy as quickly as I as I hoped. I could have got on there a few weeks earlier. And if I had, then maybe I'd be right up there with you. I'm only about 20 points behind you now. Uh, so Vardy, uh, Jimenez, and... Abraham? Yeah, I wanted to actually, this is perfect you brought this up early, because this is something that's been bugging me to, you know, for the last week or two. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this forward template that seems to be forming, and uh, I believe you're the talking badge. about the badge, exactly. And oh I shit, to, I just, I stole your, your money load. No, you can just <laughs> cut in there before me. But that's what I wanted to discuss, was your thoughts on that acronym. Uh, who came up with that? That wasn't us now. No, that wasn't We're stealing any, this. I, we're not stealing this. I mean, this has been we're thrown around. It. 
cultural appropriation. No, this is uh this has been thrown around the place. As soon as there has been a ram, you remember the yeah the ram that took the Twitterverse by storm. Yeah, people have been just dying for three letter words. That's you know three letter players that uh, spell out a word. And I've been waiting for something like a vag or a dick or, or you know cock or something to just <laughs> just pop up out of random that you couldn't uh, afford or you couldn't uh, believe. And badges come about, and I'm actually disappointed because I would have saved that for a player beginning with G. Yeah. And how do you feel about the J? Because it's Veg. pissing me off. Veg, uh, Veg. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm going to credit it. The first person I heard calling that was Willie. Yeah. On the FPL Renegades pod. And uh, was that it? Was well, he I've heard him. He was talking about it last week, and it was that's when I was like, this is actually a thing now. I was like, <laughs> people are, I thought it was maybe just confined to Twitter. But it's people are saying vag everywhere and making the jokes, and I'm going okay. So I've missed that one, and I'm a little upset by it. Eh, I don't mind. I'm I know you're getting bitter. Yeah, you love uh, a good vag joke, so I get it. You're, um, <laughs> you know, you're a purist, so you're waiting yeah. for the G. I'm waiting for the G, but it's but too it's late. A, now. I can't think of, like unless Giroud becomes an option. I can't think of anyone else that's really going to be anywhere good. Well, when we're still sitting here in uh, you know 50 years talking about fucking FPL. Then, uh, if Ings becomes an option instead of Abraham, then that might lead to some interesting, you know, uh, acronyms. Like VIG? No, but I mean, like, uh, if another template comes, because oh. you need a vowel. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you need vowels. It's always sure. like, that's what, Abraham is facilitating this right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you get somebody else, like. Ings. I feel like we could do an entire podcast episode on just possible three player combination names that uh, yeah. could take the FPL community by storm. Yeah, but I was on that template early. Um, it's been Brag. doing me really, really well. Um, I think like I think I calculated out that like Jimenez has got me something like thirty eight points in the last five game weeks or something like that, or something really good anyway. You know, you jumped on Jimenez at exactly the right time. Yeah. It was before it was when we got off uh, you know, Salah and Mane and I went up and you went uh, Jimenez and it was like that was kind of the, the big difference for the last month for, for myself and yourself. Yeah. And they were a big differential. <laughs> and you know, that proved to be the, the correct move, Seamus. Certain things like that can help um my team this week just to go through my transfers for game week 13 just see how i got that 68 i'd pope and goals anyway but my two transfers i use both this week uh, i'm probably going to roll my transfer this week um because i like to have one in the bank and my team looks perfectly set up i got rid of adam indy had to and he went down in price last night actually so he's down to 5.1 now i brought in Guy bear for mm. Aston villa and uh yeah uh, I didn't actually start him, unfortunately. Uh, I started Mason Mount instead, who was benched but came off the bench for a one-point cameo. Uh, I kept Sterling and got rid of KDB. And if I did it the other way around, that would have been an extra five points. But I'm happy to have Manny on my team long-term, and I need one City attacker. And the way I look at it, I just feel like Sterling might get more over the next few um, yeah. fields. I don't think there's any other points for me there. No, but I mean, you mentioned a big one there that both of us, uh, you know, kind of had to deal with last week. And that was, what do we do with our city midfield? We both had Sterling and KDB and we both wanted a Mane. And uh, yeah, you did. You you went with KDB out of your team. You stuck with Sterling and I did the opposite. I stuck with KDB and I went with Sterling. Or fuck starting out of the team. Was that be dictated by prices and budgets? A, a little bit. I mean, like I had basically two. I had two free transfers, and I had Yarmolenko there. So you know, if push came to shove, and I really wanted to keep Sterling, I could have maybe just sacrificed a bit more money. Uh, you know, to get rid of. Uh, well, not really. Would you, budget, would, you would you have had to get rid of somebody else other than Yarmolenko, or? 
could Probably. you have done? Yeah. I would have had to save somebody in, or take in bits that, and places. Or something. Well, what I would have been looking at to do would have been basically, if I wanted to keep Sterling, being, in all honesty, it was get rid of Aubameyang, make all my money back there, get, yeah. in a, a, get in a five or six million player, and then turn someone into to Mane. But I decided a home fixture against Southampton, I would be stupid to just kind of uproot my team a little bit. And in fact, went and stuck the armband on Aubameyang. Uh, but I did keep... Uh, Keep KDB, got rid of Sterling, and uh, you know my whole my game week was not too dissimilar for your from your own, Seamus. I got a grand total of sixty four points, I think. Yeah, sixty four points, average being forty nine. Saw myself rank, uh, you know, rise up to the rank of four 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 something, which mm-hmm. is pretty sweet, easy to remember. Didn't even yeah. have to look that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I was happy all in all, but like you know, the big story going forward and what I imagine will be for the Christmas period is. What's Sterling going to do next? Like, we've had news this week of Aguero being injured. He's out for a couple of weeks at least. Pep seems to be pretty confident on that. So, you know you're going to see a slight kind of change up in the City forward line. We've seen Sterling take that position before, uh, you know, even when Jesus was fit. He's played Sterling as a centre forward. Do you think that's going to kind of come into effect over Christmas? And are you, is that kind of made you happier to have kept Sterling? Yeah, well, it was one of the reasons I kept Sterling over KDB. I just felt like, and you'd expect him to, score more points than KDB. Um, you'd expect him to for his price. And, yeah, it was kind of one thing. I just kind of felt like, right, I'm getting rid of Adamendi and I'm getting rid of one of my centre midfielders for City. So that's going to leave me with one City attacking option. And it just felt like, aside from maybe Aguero, Sterling's the next likely to, to get the goals in there. And he's been playing quite well. He's mostly been saving his great performances for England and in like Champions League and stuff like that and in the League Cup a few games back where he got like a goal and an assist. But he has looked really, really sharp. And generally in those games, he's not playing with Aguero. So it seems to be at the moment when he's been kind of kept furthest wide left uh, is with Man City when Aguero's up front. And there was some interesting stats going around there showing how Sterling has scored his points when Aguero's on the pitch versus when he's not. Aguero's missed a lot of games this year. And he seems to be getting all his points hauls when Aguero is not starting and Jesus is playing instead or he's kind of playing more centre forward. So with Aguero out now for several weeks and he's definitely missing the Merseyside derby apparently. Manchester so, derby? The Manchester derby. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, that moves me on next. So Jesus will probably be playing up front. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, yeah, or he could be playing up front with him in a two or maybe closer to him. But he does seem to perform better. He's averaging something like 10 points a game with Jesus this season or something like that versus like four points a game with Guerrero. That's Guero. crazy. I so, didn't actually know there was such a dramatic uh, kind of disparity between the two. It's a small sample size, but Sterling playing up front is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, anything that gets him closer to the goal because he's still getting lots of penalty area touches I looked at the comparison between them and over the last four game weeks before this game just gone when making my decision over Sterling or KDB who to get rid of um, the stats were firmly in uh, Sterling's favour KDB wasn't creating half as much chances uh, in fact Sterling had a higher XG created more big chances even though De Bruyne had created more total chances but a lot of De Bruyne's total chances are crosses yeah. Man City seem to have resorted to a lot of crossing into the box lately but those are low percentage chances you know usually a good player will find one third of his crosses is usually a pretty good percentage but poorer players would be more like the 20% mark so yeah, um, yeah. I'm happy to have Sterling getting touched in the box and hopefully closer to the box 
And it's worked out fortuitously for me because I didn't know Aguero was going to get injured, of course, but I just thought Sterling was probably the more likely to score, as it turned out. Bit of a lucky goal for KDB, took a big deflection, but he did definitely look more threatening. He was getting closer to the box than I'd seen him in previous games. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely a little bit more concerned now with this Aguero injury. I'm kind of going, fuck, this could, you know, this Sterling thing could come back and bite me in the ass. So that's definitely playing in the back of my mind a little bit. Uh, You're right, the KDB goal was a little fortuitous. And as I said, that's kind of the team of this episode seems to be Lady Luck. And, uh, you know, speaking of another little bit of luck in that uh, City game, it was actually my highlight of the week. Uh, You might be familiar with it, Seamus. I'm not sure if if you watch the City game but there was an incident in the last couple of minutes whereby Sterling had a goal disallowed We've, yeah the we last that. minute yeah so I'll tell you how this came to be for me dude because this was close to be my low light of the week but I had I had a suspicion this could be one of your highlights of the week yeah I mean <laughs> I left work right and I finished work at I don't know 10 to 7 or something like that or 7 o'clock so there was still 10 minutes left in the match so Usually, if I really want to see, I'll go to a pub and you know sit there for half an hour and then head home. But I said, fuck, I'm just going to go home now. I'm tired. On the way home, of course, I'm checking my fucking phone every couple of meters. <laughs> just refreshing it to see what's happened. I get to the last bit of the stretch home, like two minutes down the road. Still 2-1. Halfway down the road, I refresh it again. 3-1. And I'm just going, please, 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 please. No, Sterling. I let out an audible roar down the fucking empty street. And uh, I'm cursing the whole way down the rest of that road. Actually fuming. I'm feeling bad for the girlfriend at home. I'm like, oh. She's going to get it. He's going to get it. She's going to not know why I'm coming in such a foul mood. You know, She totally will know it'll be FPL related though. Actually, yeah. I'm not giving enough credit. She would instantly know what the problem was. But... uh, Fucking angry, angry, angry. Get in the door. Uh, as I'm unlocking the door, I reload the fancy Premier League page to see what this has done to bonus points now. I'm like, yeah. oh, of course, James is going to get fucking three bonus points now for Sterling or something like that. Especially after the Vardy incident uh, <laughs> just a couple of hours beforehand. And uh, it was saying 2-1. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. Look back on live score. Back to 2-1. And that's, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. But yeah, my mood went from... So when I walked in the door to the bedroom, I had the biggest smile on my face. And uh, the girlfriend was like, oh, how did you day? And of course, I proceeded <laughs> to tell her. Yeah, swimmingly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I also informed her that, you know, 10 meters ago, this was an entirely different chair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to love FPL for... For that and that that definitely has to be considered a highlight. That's probably a highlight of the season. It sounds like so far it's up there. I mean, like there's been a couple of close ones, but in terms of like this was a big call this week, uh, KDB Sterling. And I, as I said, there it is going to come back in through the next few episodes. I know it's going to come back in next week when Sterling gets a fucking brace against Newcastle. Yeah, I gave it some proper thought, and the way I thought of it was that okay, yeah, KDB could uh, have hauls in the next uh, few weeks as well. Um, but I feel like if he's going to have holds, and Sterling's also going to have holds, and I feel like Sterling is probably more likely to get points when KDB doesn't. Um, and as I said, just simple fancy think- football scout members area, just checking touches in the box, total shots, um, kind of uh, key passes, uh, chances created and big chances created, and just expected XG. Now, I only base over the last four because that's the most relevant. And uh, yeah, K, uh, sorry, Sterling was winning in those, which you'd expect for his price. And I said, if I can keep him and still get Manny in, I should keep Sterling. 
Yeah, I think what what really kind of swung it for me, and I I didn't do the the, the scout thing, but that's because I think the statistics and you know yourself, it seems to be the same every year between KDB and Sterling. Is like you know KDB is going to be more likely to be involved in assists and build up play, but Sterling's the one actually putting him away most of the time. Yeah, but uh, it was the upcoming fixtures for City that kind of threw me a little bit away to Newcastle, which we know can be sticky when they're playing the top six. Yeah, away to Burnley. Burnley as well can also be a little bit sticky and then at home to Man United away to Leicester, Arsenal and at home to Leicester they're just not fixtures that I was too interested in captaining Sterling in uh, with you know over Aubameyang who as I said is essentially who I've got instead of him and that was Norwich Brighton and West Ham so I mean I get it are you would you contemplate captain in Sterling? I mean, it doesn't really matter now that you have Mane because... No, Sterling's not in my captaincy thoughts for the next few games, but I still want him yeah. because even if I don't want to captain him, I don't want to captain him because the amount of times I've captained the season where he hasn't done anything and City don't look half as fluid as they you know, did at the start of the season before Laporte got injured and last year as well. But that could come back in an instance. Yeah. So they could win all five of these games and they do need to win probably all of these games yeah. if they want to challenge Liverpool for the title because Liverpool have got a run you would consider easy for the next four before their game week 18 blank so like they're going to have to keep up with them yeah. they can't afford to lose any ground or else they're out of the title and if they do lose you know a couple of these games or they do like if they do struggle to get past Newcastle but they get the win you know or if, if they actually lose them then the season's over then maybe I do bin off Sterling but uh, I think they it's critical time. It's crunch time. Mm-hmm. They've won the title in the past. They know how to do it. Um, so they won't be like a, you know mentally fragile or anything like that. I think people could be missing out on a trick getting rid of the likes of Sterling, who I'm hoping will bang in a hat trick, even if I don't have him as a as a captain or anything like that. Yeah. Just because he's proven too inconsistent this season compared to the likes of someone like Jamie Vardy, who's been proven to be totally consistent well we'll stick a pin in the Sterling talk for now anyway and because uh, I know that's going to be coming back up uh, probably in this fucking episode <laughs> but if not throughout the for throughout the Christmas period uh, but I mentioned my highlight being the you know the bitter bitter man that I am what was your highlight of the week James? you touched on mine in your your previous thing and it was that Leicester game ah, there we go. the uh, the emotion like my phone just had a you know spaz attack in on a Saturday and I was kind of freaking out, trying to switch over between matches, trying to figure out what the hell had happened between Twitter and live score and everything. Yeah, um, you were I, deep in it, so yeah. I all I saw was like because I was watching the Arsenal game, and all I saw was, oh, of course Vardy misses a penalty as my captain. I was like, shit, you know. But then I saw it was, then I saw it was two one, and Madison had scored. Yeah, and I, I was saw like, that. and I was like, I didn't see a missed penalty, and then all of a sudden I saw it, it was people were talking about captain. Or you know, captaining whatever, or their captain Vardy scoring, and I was like, "What is going on here?" And it all emerged that Vardy, having missed his first penalty and Madison scoring the rebound, then got a chance to retake it, thus removing Matt Ryan's owners from their penalty save. <laughs> which I was almost as happy for that as anything I else. I feel like that's your highlight. Seeing <laughs> these Matt owner Matt Ryan owners getting these seven and eight pointers when Brightner losing clean sheets. Is driving me insane. Yeah, yeah. Did it against Man United last week at the three bonus, um, but yeah, to see uh, to see him lose that, and I don't have Madison to see, see Madison owners lose that, and then to see my captain <laughs> get a goal and not have minus points. Oh, it was a huge. That definitely was like a twenty point swing when that happened. Like honestly, I was like you walking into the the room yeah. to to Maggie there during the week. I was like that when I was 
dancing around my room. So delighted. Contemplating. That's a 20-point swing. Delighted. The Sterling thing that happened afterwards was almost my low light. It, like, at the time, I was like, well, that's definitely my low light. Yeah. Getting that over rules. Um, but I kind of got over that. I actually didn't really care too much about it on Saturday then too much. That was only going to be a low light because it means I made the wrong decision between KDB and Sterling. But we'll see how that plays out yeah, over the next few th- weeks. That so. decision isn't a one-week decision. That's a that's a long-term one. And uh, that could very well turn out to be the right one. But I'll yeah. tell you what replaced my, my low light of the week because it was going to be that. Um, I feel a whole lot more crap this morning having seen Guy Bear on my bench, first on my bench with eight points because that's the third week in a row now I've benched a clean sheet. And one week was a clean sheet and a goal for Sionchu. So, like, these points are killing me. Because I was Mount or Guibert. I was like, doesn't get as much better a kind of home game for Aston Villa as Newcastle arriving to wherever they play now. What's the name of theirs? Villa Park, Park, I suppose. Okay. Um, But, yeah. So, I was like, I should really play him. But I spoke to uh, FPL Uncorked, who was number one in Ireland last, last season. And... He kind of put it in a way that kind of convinced me, yeah, I, I would feel a whole lot worse if I benched Mount and Mount scored against Man City than yeah. I would if uh, Villa kept a clean sheet. And it just was a bit more sickening. And I think maybe that might, might have been as sickening if I didn't see Gilbert get like two bonus. Po- two bonus. Because yeah. I think he made something like nine or ten tackles or something like that. He was like, meant to be very good anyway. Apparently in the Sky game, he got loads of points. I was delighted because I looked at your team on on Saturday or whenever the City-Chelsea match was. And uh, yeah, Saturday. And I looked at it and I went, when Mount wasn't playing, I obviously you know, I checked your first sub. Yeah. And I was like, because I knew my first sub was a fucking nobody. And uh, I looked at yours and I went, Saw Guy Bernard. Ah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, of course he has. But uh, of course Mount was going to come on. For, yeah, well that's also, especially once they were losing. But um, yeah, no, I was like, of course, yeah, Guy is going to fucking get a, a clean sheet and two bonus. But I knew... <clears throat> Excuse me, but I knew coming into last night that uh, you know he was locked out, so I was more than happy to watch him pick up his clean sheet and these BPs and uh, yeah, and and wallow in a bit more. Uh, that was the thing. Them. I thought if I started Bear and I took the risk, and Mount did score, Mount is so high, so highly owned that it would be much more of a rank killer to have those points on the bench, and it, like even if those points were like six points yeah uh whereas if Bear got six points i was like that's not going to really affect my overall rank so i kind of played it safe and i played the whole which would i feel less shit about but i've played the opposite way earlier on the season where i've gone no i'll take the risk you know and i've started the likes of fredericks for west ham <laughs> after like west ham had like two or three clean sheets in a row it's like i'll start fredericks of you know instead of sionchu or something like that and then you know sionchu gets a goal and assist and fredericks does crap yeah. oh so i can't get it right doesn't matter what strategy i take this week so i don't have any lessons to impart on our dear listeners here to say go with your gut no. or no play the stats it's, it's random. i think you're right it's a random game guys i don't know why we play this i would i would 100 uh back up uh, fbl and corked in the sense that uh yeah you want you would feel kind of far worse if you had mount on your bench with so you just go well that's a shit move yeah do you know whereas like a 4.5 million defender or 4.4 whatever is he 4.4 what do you think i can't remember i think he might have been 4.4 he could yeah. be 4.5 but max 4.5 million defender if he's sitting on your bench uh with a clean sheet that you that's gonna happen multiple times through, through the season regardless of yeah. whether you should or shouldn't do it you that's kind of if you've picked a decent uh bench option you know, you're hoping to see the odd kind of fucking clean sheet that you missed out on. But this week, I suppose, considering Mount did only play 17 yeah. minutes and you were whatever, I think it was 17 minutes. When he came on, I was like, he's going to do nothing in that yeah. 17 minutes. Why don't you just stay off the pitch? Because I was like, Ebert probably will keep a clean sheet. But 
Yeah, uh, look, it's it's not it's not the worst. At least I'm picking players who are getting points. Yeah, and I know? mean that's uh, exactly, and that kind of it brings me to my low point, which is similar enough. Again, it's players that uh, you know you've got sitting on your bench. They're always kind of the easiest source of frustration. But this one kind of is a bit special because I tend to you know yourself think uh, a little bit more uh, kind of absurd with my fucking low point. And uh, no, I'm going kind of bread and butter this week, and it's ten points sitting on my bench for Cant- Cantwell. Uh, not that I, it's not, it's one of those weird ones. It's mainly because of his price loss that I've taken. Since I brought yeah. him in, my whole, like, I, I don't know why I decided to have an extra fifth midfielder that wasn't 4.4 fodder. That was my mistake. I should have never really left Den Donker. Yeah, that's why I'm on Den Donker now. I, got, I had him at 4.5, sold him. Then he went down to 4.4 and brought him back into my wildcard. So, yeah. yeah, I'm happy just keep him there. And I never feel tempted to actually play him and then lose out on somebody else's points. I'm losing out on somebody else's points because it's always a defender. Yeah. And that's why I dropped down to from Otamendi to Guibert because I was like, I don't need another premium Liverpool player. Like, you know, doing, like I'm losing, I'm benching all these points and Trent Alexander-Arnold has done fuck all for me. Yeah, year. I know. And you got rid of Robertson for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. Uh, I got rid of Robertson way earlier than that, which is fine because he did still have a Baron spell. But since you've made the switch... He's, it's been all it's been all Robertson, been all Robertson. Uh, which is hilarious but uh, like going back to that Cantwell thing like I'm a big fan of when you do your team you basically have your three or four usually three budget options and you should have them as tight to the budget as you can like as close to that bottom price but play 90 minutes as you can totally agree and uh, I fucked up with Cantwell I think I was being a bit greedy I had did you get him at 4.5 did you? no no I got him at 4.9 Oh shit! When he was at the height of his fucking, uh, you know, the peak of his kind of <laughs> FPL returns, and I didn't have Pookie, and Norwich hadn't gone completely shit yet; they'd only missed one match. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have Cantwell, Cant, Cantwell, I should call him, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have him in my fucking team for because he had a couple of nice fixtures, and then lo and behold, he had basically lost his place within two weeks, and I had other things I needed to fix, and I've just been watching his price drop from four point nine to four point six, and you know. Uh, yeah, I have value in those pla- other places. I got in there with Tamori Senku. All of these guys, dirt cheap. So it's kind of made up. But, you know, it just kind of feels like a perfect uh, kind of microcosm of my season so far. Where a couple of steps forward and a couple of steps back. And yeah. you're just in the exact same fucking space. You know? I yeah. feel like I've been where I am now for at least two months. I've had that Cantwell uh, problems. You know, I've ha- I got on him early. But it seems I think pretty much all of his points that I got or that he got were always on my bench yeah he would score when I but you did had not Pookie getting the points well I had Pookie at least yeah. for well like one game the game against Man City I think other than that he didn't do anything so yeah it's uh, those Norwich ones are I would they're tough I would be in the same camp as you and just go the whole way down that's why I don't think it's a bad thing to see people with like, likes of Greenwood still in their team well, you know? what, what really twists the knife a little bit is that he's back to being yellow flagged which he seems to have been perpetually yellow flagged since I've got him in. So he go, plays the weekend, gets a goal, and now he's yellow flagged again. Now, it's not like I'd be too interested in playing him at home to Arsenal. Although, why not? Arsenal can't defend for fucking shit. So, why not? But he's flagged again now. And I, was yeah. like, I definitely still want him out of my team. But he's almost at a price point where it become just pointless. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? You're not going to... Go and Cantwell to Dundonker? Oh. If you have an extra transfer, then you might want to do that. But, I mean, if you've, you don't want to waste the transfer. Well. Like, if you Instead of burning one, you could do it. Like, if you had two free and you're like, there's nothing I need to do. This could be a good week to do because your team is probably set up otherwise, is it? Well, you see, not really because my whole... 
Aubameyang situation is, you know, it's going to come to a close and I want to have uh, two free transfers to get out. So I might just try to bank oh, okay. one and then I can take, a, my, take my time. But we'll get into what we think. Uh, what I will say about Cantwell, just before we get off the point, because I know you want to move on. Um, he did play alongside Hernandez this week and Buendia was dropped out of the team because Buendia has been losing the ball in kind of wrong position a lot of times and it, it's affecting them. He's turning it over yeah. to the other team who then go down and counterattack. And I've seen Buendia be the cause, the root cause for at least a couple of goals in the last few weeks for Norwich and he got dropped, even though he's an excellent player attacking-wise. He showed, you know, yeah. possibility, the potential to be an excellent player. Yeah, he, he's got a good eye for a pass and, you know, he sees a lot of the play ahead of him. But he does take some risky decisions. He was dropped anyway, and Cantwell kind of played in the number 10 role. Yeah. Um, Probably one of the first times he's played alongside Hernandez, I think, since Hernandez has come back from injury. Yeah, so that that was interesting to see them both play. But yeah, this flag, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to look at the press conference. I wouldn't worry about week. it, Seamus. Don't worry about Norwich. <laughs> I wouldn't lose too much sleep. <laughs> Their next five fixtures are Arsenal, Southampton, away, Sheffield United at home, Leicester away, and Wolves at home. Not the nicest of fixtures. And as we know already, going through a bit of a, a shit a shit patch. Hopefully, you know, they they knock on from this week's victory victory against Everton. We got the first away win though, so maybe against Southampton in two weeks' time they might be okay. I don't know about Arsenal at home. Although yeah. as you said, Arsenal at home are a bit crap at the moment. But look, we're, we're, we're spending too long on a team that neither of us probably have any interest in. And uh, that's stopping us from opening the door and stepping right into uh, that section, Seamus, that I've lovingly referred to many times in the past as the drunk tank. Alright, so we've uh, got a few questions this week because we actually put the question, the, the call for questions out like earlier than an Ooh. hour before the pod. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so... Uh, Going in order that we received him, I believe. I love a lot of questions though, because it means you don't have to spend too much time going through the individual matches, and you can just use the questions to talk about. Yeah, them, you know, because these are the talking points. This is yeah. what people are considering. So, uh, Rogue FPL Rogue uh, has asked us here. There are certain players that do well week in week out. So he's listed Kante and Henderson for an example. But from an FPL perspective, you wouldn't pick them. Is there and should there be a need to include them in the game? Which ties in with, with what. FPL Robert Ducky asked, does official FPL need to adapt the game to introduce positions such as wing-backs and defensive attacking midfielders due to modern-day formations? That is a bit of a left-field question, uh, an interesting one, and it's one we've touched on uh, a few times. We've spoken about this. We've spoken about this, but you and me seem to have different thoughts on it, Seamus. Uh, what's your position on this? My position, I've thought about this a few times, and I think there should be two positions. There should be attackers and defenders. And the wing backs should be in the defensive category, and the center defensive holding midfielders should be in the defensive category as well. Like your likes of Kante, yeah. um, maybe even Henderson. I don't know. You'd have to kind of draw a line there somewhere. But the guys who are kind of holding more than anything else. And yeah, the all like forwards, attacking midfielders, wingers should be categorized as forwards, and it should be pick seven um, or pick six defenders pick seven attackers you can only you know and you still have to pick your formation but you have to pick whatever region now it gets see the problem is it gets really difficult then how do you enforce what formations you play yeah so maybe you should just play you play you have to play five defensive players and you have to play five attacking players or something like that and just price them accordingly the guys who are attacking <laughs> wing backs Salad. stay at seven Salad advice yeah just, <laughs> but that's what i mean just like you know because this whole like salah gets an extra point for a goal versus Aubameyang is a bit silly really like um, why does he? Why should he be getting an extra point compared to a striker? Like Aubameyang plays on the left wing, not as much, 
but you know he plays out there quite a bit as well you know it's it seems strange that different guys are getting more points for goals I get that defenders get more points for goals they do score less mm. well see my argument to that would be and I see where you're coming from and it kind of makes sense like you know I think it makes it sense for Kante to get a clean sheet uh, you know if he gets uh, maybe he should get clean sheet points he gets points. a point if he gets a clean sheet that's, that's my, but my, po- my point like what I was going is is that First of all, I'm more of a traditionalist in the sense that I like to keep it, you know, with the defence, midfielders, forwards. I yeah. like that distinction. I think um, it kind of elevates premium forwards to a level. It's like, oh, fuck, you know, this is Aguero, this is Kane. Do you know what I mean? There isn't a yeah. lot of them in the game. There's never been seasons where there's been dozens of, you know, fantastically heavily priced forwards. So I love that conundrum in which way you're going to go with it. I also kind of look at FPL, kind of reminds me, like, I think where my FPL history started you could probably boil it all the way back down to the fact you know those sticker books that used to collect yeah yeah so you'd have every player in, in in the team so this is kind of more addressing rogue's question of like should there should these players be in the game and it's like yeah for definite like you should have every player on every squad team in the game i want their i want to see their stats yeah i want want you to be have the option to fucking have them in your team and i want to see their price i want it's kind of like fifa you know like what rating are they going to give this player what do they think of it back when i give a fuck um okay so i want every player in to address rogues thing more specifically but then moving on to like should we adapt the game robert ducky what he's talking about and what you're kind of suggesting I mean, at the end of the day, it's a game. What I would be doing to adapt it would be creating more positions and not reducing them. Yeah, but then how do you enforce how many wing backs you play? What well, some players oh. might even have wing backs. They might only want cheap centre backs, you know, for four point five. And I don't know. Maybe that's that's a job for people that are getting paid to think about. But I think that's <laughs> I think it's a problem. That's you're you're creating a more complex problem by doing that. That's why I think. But like you, you said, I like the simple. I like the simplicity of the game. If you want a more complex game, there's always a sky game where you get bonuses for making so many tackles or making so many passes and there's things like that so the sky game is there if you kind of want that um the thing i don't like about the sky game is you're able to change your captain every day and if you kind of forget or you're busy then that's you have to be a bit more kind of rewards so yeah rewards uh as you said like involvement Involvement, which is good and that's probably the way i see fpl going because you make money from engagement and that's all fpl want to do about rogue's question there i read it slightly differently to you so you're saying is there need to include them in the game as in have them in the game whereas i read it as is there a need to include them in the game by giving them extra points somehow i thought he meant like that so like do like as i said i think it might be a good idea for central defensive players to get two points for a clean sheet but then how do you separate them in the game with like sterling shouldn't get sterling shouldn't even get one point for a clean sheet to be honest no i agree you know so Yeah, I don't know how you, you change it. Maybe you come up with, as you said, like a defensive midfielder category or something like that as well. But Maybe they can... still count towards one of your five midfielders. Or five defenders. No, five midfielders. Mm. So you act, they count as one of your five midfielders but they get awarded points slightly differently to attacking yeah, midfielders. Maybe you choose whether it counts as a five, fifth midfielder or a fifth defender. You could yeah. play with four. There we go. We're already making this game it no. can get too complex, so I think they they want to do things like this, but they're very wary of making it too complex yeah. for the average person. We might be all in favor of it, but you know, Sandra there in the office, but you know, she might be like, "What the hell is it? Oh, I'm not playing," you know. Yeah. And but that's going to happen. Regardless. They're all about the popularity of the game, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's that's our taking it anyway. Yeah, Anything no, more to be said than that? No, I think it's an interesting question, lads. Cheers for cheers for that, Rogue and Robert Ducky. Good, uh, good addendum. Yeah, uh, next question there is from Liam, which is at FPL Beer Lover. He's two questions. Do you think he likes beer? Uh, 
I think so, because his first question is about beer. He's asking, what is our favourite beer? Ooh. I know you've been thinking long and hard about this. This was pretty much the only one I did think about. <laughs> as soon as I read it, I was like, whew, and that just took my mind up for the next hour. And uh, I told you this before we, before we hit record. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I was like, man, I like me some Cobra. If I'm going to go with a lager, I think that has to be one of my favourite lagers. It's a nice beer. It's a fucking lovely beer. And... Uh, then I was sitting there and I and I goes like I just can't pick it's too hard, and I ordered a pint of Beamish and I was at the pub yeah. thinking about this and then I was like oh what am I even thinking about yeah Beamish is my favourite beer there you uh, go. yeah problem no, solved it was like what have I just ordered yeah exactly and I was just thinking to myself like it's right in front of me the answer is under my goddamn nose so yeah I'm going I'm going Beamish heavy I know it's a bit of a controversial one because you'll have a lot of lads going Guinness but I think if I'm you're I'm not a fan of Beamish man I prefer I only was talking about this the other day with some of the lads uh, I, like, I don't know if I like Murphy's but I do know that I much prefer Guinness to Beamish but I, I'm not sure where I stand on the Murphys because these are all these are all Irish stouts for our international listeners. Yeah, well, I love Murphys too, but we don't get a whole lot of that in Limerick. So I'm looking forward to the trip this weekend to Cork. Yeah, I can try some. Definitely going to try and I'm going to have a, a taste test comparison, yeah. blindfold no, test. You don't like Beamish because it has a taste and you prefer Guinness because it has no taste. That's uh, the way I'm doing it. I'm reducing your okay. opinion to that now, Seamus. That's You're just a reducer. <laughs> My favourite beer... <laughs> Now, I was in Munich and I had lots of tasty beer. I only had the same beer twice and they were all gorgeous. I was in Munich. Uh, yeah, beer country. <laughs> Get out of here. Beer country. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if, whole... I'm in, if I'm in the pub here in Limerick, uh, I'm ordering a lager. I'm probably ordering a Carlsberg, to be honest. Apart from when Ireland are playing Denmark, which seems to be every second international break these yeah. times. <laughs> but uh, I would say a beer, I, I, like the, I like the Belgian beers. And a beer I'm really enjoying there the last uh, few weeks. Uh, I've been reading to my Lef or Lefe. Lefe. Yeah, mm. um, get that in Dunn's. Four bottles for six quid. They're yeah. nice. And they're 6.6%. So they, they get, get you there. On. They get you there. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about Belgian beers. Like, I've gotten into the habit of just picking up two or three bottles of Duval because that's 8.5. And it's like, I'm going to be pretty fucking buzzed after these three bottles. And yeah. then I'm not going to be full. Get more in me. Yeah. So but, uh, that's a great question. That's a great it. question. Thank you. And I think this leads into the second part of his question. Um, He's rage transfer Serling out for Manny on Saturday. Was that a mistake? Now, he doesn't say that was beer influenced, but I'm assuming it is because he's FPL beer lover. I feel like he's a functional alcoholic. Yeah. So, uh, Serling out for Manny, was that a mistake? I'm going to pu- put that to you. I've got a very straightforward answer, but I'll put it to you first. Yeah, no, it's not a mistake. Not at all. Um, with the form Sterling's on and the form Manny's on, if you could only have one, I would much rather Manny with their fixtures coming up. It's He's like an instant... We talked about perma-captains as well. That's going to make an appearance. But I think for this week against Brighton, Mane is by far and above the standout captain option. And, uh, you know, they have Everton who are conceding goals to fucking Norwich and uh, Bournemouth and Watford. So, no, Mane to Sterling is not, a bad, uh, is not a bad call. I think I agree with that with the caveat that if you have, if he was your last Man City attacker, if you don't have KDB, for example, mm. and now that Aguero's out, Obviously, he's not an option. So if you've no Man City attackers, that could be a mistake because I think people are writing off Man City. I mean, if there's teams out there with no Man City players in your team, think back to what you were thinking in preseason and the end of last season. Like, that just who, sounds like a mistake. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I mean, if you can only have starting our money, and I, we don't know what FPL Beer Lover's situation is, but mm. just putting it to you this way, if you could only have starting our money, would you have you? to side with Manny. Yeah. Like that's why I agree with you, but with the caveat that I think you should have someone in there. I mean, get in there, David Silva, if you can. If, yeah. If it's a case, yeah, I w- that's not even a bad that's shout. Not. I think if um if you have KDB and this is the only way you can get Manny in in one move, then yeah, go for it. But 
if you have, you know, only Sterling and you've decided, yeah, I really want to have Son, uh, you know, or whoever, Martial, and said you've got your money tied up elsewhere and he's your only one premium midfielder, you're playing, for example, Aubameyang or something like that. I was like, I think that's a mistake. I think I'd be getting rid of it, like dropping down Aubameyang. Oh, this is hard to say without knowing his team. But yeah, I'm just saying, let's look at this in four weeks time and kind of see, are we a bit foolish from getting rid of yeah. Sterling? And I just don't want you to feel bad, Liam, because yeah. I think uh, Sterling to Mane, although I wouldn't, you know, I don't like making transfers on Saturdays, but like I can see that the price points and stuff is going to change big time. Sterling, so was, totally understand it. Sterling was like... A, a, a tiny bit of his head or shoulder, I don't know what was offside, away from scoring a goal on Saturday. Yes. So, I mean, like, there's a there's some extra points. Would the, would the story change if he had scored that? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but look, hope that goes some way to answer your question. At least we, I think we did the beer we one definitely did well. the beer part really well. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, next question. Oh, this is so funny. Go uh, the next question is from Didi and his... At his uh, Twitter handle is at Lefe seventy eight A. I just gosh. mentioned Lefe. Oh, is that Lefe. why you're drinking Lefe? Are no, you... he inceptioned me. I think oh, no, but I've been drinking uh, Lefe for a while now, um, and I still don't know if it's Lefe or Lef, so I'm just going to pronounce it both. Uh, we should just ask the message. She'll know. Didi might know here. Uh, he says, "Well, as what's the story? I was wondering what you thought of putting Ings in for the next few game weeks. He's on form, as you know, and Saints fixtures look tasty as." I don't know why I'm censoring ourselves. Yeah, you're censoring the message. We never normally do. (laughs) We don't censor ourselves. Uh, Oh, and for the guy who asked about the beer, tell him try Spaten Oktoberfest, 6.6%, I think. And it's the dog's B. All right, so there you go, Liam. Dog's bollocks, I think that means. <laughs> yeah, he so actually I'm uncensoring did, him. Yeah. This. He censored himself that time, and I'm uncensoring him. So yeah, it all yeah. balances out. I think he was just caught by the word character limits. Uh, so Liam, to... spat in Oktoberfest, according to Didi. Um, what do you think? Wait Ings? a minute. Is it spat in Oktoberfest or is it spat in Oktoberfest 6.6? Nah, it's a full stop after Oktoberfest. Oh, boom. So I think he's saying 6.6 6. 6 is a percentage. Yeah. I'll definitely try that shit out. Nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ings. I like Ings. Yeah. The next few games. Southampton's fixture is Watford at home, Norwich at home in the next two. Do you have a nicer pair of uh, matches in the league this season? Do you know? Maybe, Although it hasn't worked Maybe for West Ham at home in game week 17. So that's three of their next four. What ha- Watford, Norwich, Newcastle, West Ham and Aston Villa in the next five. Uh, they're all fine. They're all good matches for what's in 6.1 at the moment. I couldn't tell you his exact no, price he's 6.1 and uh, like, yeah, why not? Uh, I know if a lot of people would say if you could get to 1.4 1.5 jump that things up to Jimenez if you can but I'm more than happy to to have a 6 million forward in my team that's on the form that Ings is on against you know such uh, a, such a bunch of teams that Southampton really need to be taking 3 points off every one of these matches is a must win for Southampton yeah. this is where they're going to the, decide whether or not they stay in the Premier League this season. yeah the problem is he's made a glass as we all know so he gets injured oh, like so much oh yeah but I mean but, that being said, last season his minutes were being managed between games because he was playing with Knox and they didn't want him to get injured anymore. I don't think his minutes are being managed as much. I don't think it's like he's only playing, coming off injured in 55 minutes and then being rested for next game, then playing 13 minutes this game. He seems to be play, playing pretty much consistently now, but he's maybe not getting the full 90 in every game. For that price, it doesn't bother me. The problem is he is not necessarily nailed on penalties because James Ward-Prowse took the penalty against Arsenal after uh, it was won. So I really, really do like him. I think you might have talked me into possibly getting him. I don't know what I'd have to do to get rid. 
but I do like You're the idea. You're not going to get rid of any of the three strikers you have, Shams. No, I mean, I, I can't <laughs> get rid of Jimenez in these next two. And my plan, my plan is to get rid of um, Jimenez in game week 19. I've already earmarked that. But keeping him for game week 18 against Norwich. Uh, yeah, if they only had a midfield option, because defense isn't, like, I'm not touching Southampton defense. But if they had, like, a player in form like Redmond, or I was looking at Gineppo as a nice cheap option, or uh, Ward Prowse, if they were playing consistently well, I'd be on them. Especially mm. Redmond, but he's just not, not been playing well. No, no, but I'd, yeah, Ings is a definite <coughs> option, Lefe, and thanks for the recommendation, Spaten Oktoberfest. Yeah, um, definitely recommend that, DDM. I'm looking at it myself. Um, next question is Ajit Dillon. And he has asked, what's the downside? What would be the downside if I'm overlooking? What's. Jesus Christ, James. What would be the downside I'm (laughs) overlooking if I were to perma Captain Vardy? And what are you guys thinking about Pope looking at his upcoming fixtures? Lots of cheeky two part questions here. That's fine by me. But Uh, um, which part do you want to address first? I'll address the downside to perma Captain. What what are you sacrificing if you perma Captain Vardy? You're sacrificing free will. Uh, choice, do you know? I mean, I don't understand why anyone would, you know, uh, why you would need to lock yourself in a box like that. I mean, if you want to just say to yourself, I'm going to captain Vardy pretty much for the next couple of game weeks because he, he looks like the best option, then do. But like this week, Liverpool at home to Brighton, Leicester at home to Everton, I'm going to go with Mane over Vardy. I don't know about you, Seamus. I think Vardy could get a goal or two, but I would fancy Mane to do, you know, some damage against Brighton. Well, initially my thought was I'm captaining Mane this week. Yeah. But a part of me is thinking Jamie Vardy has an entire week off to rest and Leicester have an entire week to prepare for this Everton fixture. Okay. And the only problem is that Marco Silva's job probably relies on the, the result of this next game. Probably. If he's even still there by the time. If he's still there. Now, if he has been removed before then, then I'm not thinking of Vardy. But I'm actually moved over to Vardy as my captain choice this week. But it's not a perma-captain. I mean... What's your thoughts on <clears throat> perma-captains in general? Like, is there a need for it? Is it just a buzzword? No, yeah, I don't really kind of get it. I mean, you just go with form. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's in brilliant form right now. Manny's in really good form. But, like, if you're telling me that, like, if Manny scores a hat-trick against Brighton... Are you telling me you're not going to consider him as captain against Everton the following week? I know Leicester are playing Watford, but... I actually wouldn't, because I would definitely be captain in Vardy against <laughs> Watford. So Manny can go and score four goals against Brighton, and I'd still be captain in Vardy against Watford. Yeah, but then when Liverpool play Watford in game week 17, I think he's looking at Leicester playing Norwich, which Oof. is actually an easier game again. So I get it, but I don't know. I mean... I like picking my captain every week, even if it's the same as the week before, but I, I look forward to actually looking at this week's fixtures and deciding by myself who the most, you know, what player is going to get the most points. And uh, yeah, if that's the same captain four weeks in a row, well, fair yeah. enough. Look at it. You should do, as you, you should be looking at it where you kind of have an idea what you're probably going to do transfer-wise and captaincy-wise over the next four to five weeks. But don't lock anything in. Be flexible because you don't want to overlook something that could be, you know, a gem. You know, I, I kind of do what you're talking about. And I know in a few weeks, I'm going captain this guy, I'm going captain that guy. I did last season. I kind of do this season a good bit as well. Mm. And it's what influences my transfers. But, 
you know, it should uh, shouldn't be locked in. And uh, Jerry, I believe you're just after pulling up one last minute question. Yeah. We've got a brand new breaking news question. This is coming in from FBL and Cork. We've talked about him already in this podcast, and uh, he's got a question. Just popped it in right there, and I'm going to say it to Seamus: Is it ever possible to have left too much money in the bank? I've drafted a plan ahead of game week 18, which leaves 7.2 million spare. Is that mad? Jeez, I I was gonna say no. You, like, shouldn't have too much. Seven point two. I was the same. I was like, my no, god. I've seen teams with two, three, four million. Yeah. That's fine. I thought he was gonna talk about like four million in the back. I was like, look, four millions are kind of a lot. Seven million. What's he doing with his team? I mean, I guess he's just not happy with many of the premium options at the moment, and he's just kind of going for maybe Sun instead of Sterling, and maybe he's going for I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Is is it mad to have seven point two million in the bank? This all, is coming from the all, guy who finished number one in Ireland last year, so I don't <laughs> like if this is what he's thinking this year. I'm going fine, yeah. I think it's all team dependent. I'd have to see that team. That sounds like that's probably a bit too mad, but man, it gives you so much flexibility. I guess that 7.2 million spare is going to be like once he removes somebody in game week 17, who's like Aubameyang down to Ings, is going to save him five million. Um, I'd have to see the team, man. I'd have to see it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested though. Game, he says game week 18, which is an interesting one because game week 18 is the week Liverpool blank. So I bet you he's talking about taking out um, Mane, yeah. maybe even like some like Trent or Robertson. Um, See, that's what I'm imagining. If you have 7.2 million in the bank come game week 18, then that's probably because you've earmarked some of that money for game week 19 or 20. Yeah. Like, you're going to be reinvesting that. So for one week, one or two, three, like for a period that you've planned out, no, it's not mad to ever have as much money. Yeah, if you're, if you're talking about game week 18, because they put up a blank, you want to take out Manny and you're only going to lose 0.1 or 0.2 in them and you're going to bring in I don't know, somebody who has a nice fixture that week. I don't know, say, for example, it is Aston Villa. You're bringing Jack Grealish. Sure, that's saving you five million anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea. And if that's adding or to, like, or whatever, yeah. So if that uh, saves you five million on top of two million you probably already have in the bank, yeah, that's not too bad. You're probably reinvesting it the following week. Don't leave it sitting there. Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. That is mad. But, if you know, to have it there one week is okay, I think, Ian. Yeah, no. Cheers for getting that. We just uh, just happened to refresh the page. Thank fuck. But uh, while we're on the subject of FBL on Cork, this does bring me back to something we mentioned last week, Seamus, and that was the Stable Boys. I just wanted to quickly address it. We're not going to go into it in too much detail. We did get a bunch more recommendations from uh, Drew. Has has started his Stable off. He's got a he's got his first Stable Boy member in there. A few other ones have started kicking off, and I'm dying to you know kind of get this ball rolling but uh we also have an addendum to make something that we kind of discussed amongst ourselves and it's basically down to the listeners and their picks have made us realize that one of the kind of rules which was you could be active in the fpl there was no reason not to be that basically i've decided to remove that you can no longer be in the fp stable boy can no longer be in the fpl game uh if he's still playing football then he has to be gone a couple of years from the actual game but uh that means me and Seamus have to redo our stables, so we're going to be coming back with that. But getting back to FPL on Cork, he was kind enough to finish off his stable boys. Now, we mentioned the first two entrants of his stable boys last week. That was Graham Alexander, I believe, Graham and Alexander's David one. Weeter. 
Yes, yes. Those were the two. So don't Nailed ask it. me how I fucking pulled them. Nail it. I was <laughs> like, I can't remember what they are. <laughs> yeah, and I have the wrong notepad. I have the new notepad. Right yeah, now. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh shit, we don't have last week's notes. But uh, he's been kind enough to finish off his stable boy. And he has added in Yakubu, the Yak. Uh, never a costly player. 95 goals in 252 games. And he had a fantastic season with Blackburn. I remember that one. Uh, he's also added Stephen Fletcher. We were familiar with him. He was... Uh, what was it, Burnley, Sunderland? He was floating around the place. Was he Blackpool for a while as well? Is that Stephen Fletcher? I don't oh, know. Oh, no, no. I'm possibly. just thinking Wolves and uh, Maybe Burnley. Maybe he was Blackpool. Maybe he was Blackpool that year that they sold him. He everyone. was Burnley anyway, and then he was Wolves, right? No, Wolves. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Wolves. That was the purple team, or the, the yellow team, uh, yeah. like Blackpool. But yeah, Stephen Fletcher, great he career. He was him. good, actually. For, yeah, he's total stable by material, Oh, actually. brilliant. I and Yakubu was in the league well, like was in FPL leagues anyway for a couple of seasons oh he was a definite like kind of well, starter yeah as in like Back I remember in having day, the like... yak and like when they when Everton it was Everton that kind of primarily had him for but when they were going a good run back know. in 07, 08, 08, yeah. 09 yeah he was there he was a good option he was um, Lukaku before Lukaku was Lukaku yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. well they just both played for Everton that's yeah. why I'm putting no, make, I, and they're both big units so yeah. that's why I'm making I, that the association the exact same thing I remember thinking at the time it's like oh look they fucking upgraded uh, the yak to the Lukaku but uh, yeah Barry Ferguson then was his last pick and that's an interesting one because I know you've earmarked him Seamus he was always one of my stable boys actually yeah. Keen. so that's I'm delighted you mentioned him it's very similar to Charlie Adamy uh, you know with regards to the bonus points uh, and I was chatting to to the, it's Keen about this yeah. and uh, basically he was kind of referencing how back in the man in the stands days when BPs would be uh, there was only three bonus points and that was it there was no twos and ones there was only three bonus points was there only three bonus points for a while there was they did introduce three uh, two and ones then for a while but yeah. there used to be they had, they had the man in the stands was basically there before or maybe the I'm BPS confusing with the Sky game but there was the tree was awarded by a player there was no BPS calculations yeah there was no calculations and there was a guy in the stands he'd watch the match and Barry Ferguson used to fucking constantly pick up the three bonus points and this was yeah. back when Birmingham would you know be on the edge of relegation and they'd lose 2-1 and he'd still pick up three bonus points no would, they, they, they'd have to get a clean if it was nil or 1-0 he'd get the three points he'd get the one point for the midfielder getting a clean sheet but he'd get the three points so he'd pick you up six points he was amazing yeah if Birmingham won and you could have fucking someone banging in two goals he'd still get three bonus points you know that kind of way because he was he was uh a baller, I believe, is what the kids Was that why he says. got three bonus points? No, because as uh, as I mentioned to Kean, uh, the rumour has it, now this is a legend, I don't know how true this is, rumour has it that the man in the stands was actually a relation of Barry Ferguson. His uncle or His something. His uncle or something like that. So that is why he was constantly getting the fucking BPs. And this was back before FBL became the commercial monster that it is today. So uh, No accountability. Great to see Barry Ferguson getting in, uh, getting in amongst the stable already. I feel like he's going to be a popular pick. When we made several. when we made these picks, use Barry Ferguson as an example of who I should have in my stable. He's a perfect example yeah. of a stable boy. And then we lost sight of ourselves, Seamus. I think we kind of I I did anyway. I tried to. You went with Clint Dempsey, and then I felt like, well, I'm going to have to go with like Brad Hangland. Yeah. And then I. But they're the fine picks. It's the ones like. Meech, or not Mitri, but uh, Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson and uh, John Joshevi that still play is like no, that's that's not that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's the spirit. Of we'll the have game. to boot them out. We'll have to come back to it. Now you you decided all these things without uh, my consent, but you know that's, I'm uh, that's the story. I'm very submissive, podcast. so yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but also an honourable mention from FPL Uncorked for Liam Ridgewell. So uh, thank you for that, Keen. That is locked in. We're gonna get some some kind of Hall of Fame wall going on for stables. I don't know. A stable 
wall of fame. I don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll figure all that shit as it goes on. Uh, now we have the fantastic job of lead, you know, basically talking about the the mini league, the FPL hangover mini league. We're going to have a quick look. Show me a few of the figures. Yeah, I just want to call out just a quick update on the FPL hangover mini league. Uh, manager of the week this week is Abel Grant, who got 81 points. A lot of points in teams in the 60s. There's a lot of very, very close there. Um, but 81 points, he captain son, so good move there. He had Perez, who scored. Mane, KDB, Vardy, and Pope got most of the points from him. Uh, and just a quick update on the top five. Um, there has been some movement, not so much in the, the bottom half, but I'll just go top five. In fifth place, Paul Galloway, 64 points. He's on 799. In fourth place, David Sexton's back in there. He's on 801 points. Then you've got Anthony Clark, 809 Luke Warren Burgess, who had a great week at 78, so he's probably the second biggest manager this week. He's now up to 824, just three points behind David Grant. So Luke has been coming up the last few weeks. He's still behind David Grant. But uh, yeah, let's see where who's going to be top next week. A great run of form for him. And fair play to David Grant for still fucking sticking onto that top spot. He's been there for a while now. Yeah. He's like a bad smell. But, uh, <laughs> or a good FPL manager. Or a good FPL manager. Is there a difference? I don't know. Well, that brings us to our last segment, folks. I think you all know what time it is. It is time to get your balls to the wall. All right, yeah, so we'll do a quick uh, review of our picks last week. Uh, you went first, Jer. Yep. Do you remember what your picks were? Uh, I'm going to try to look at your page. It's bigger writing on it. Yes, I do remember what my picks were. No thanks to you, Seamus. Uh, my picks were Aubameyang and Kane. Both fantastic picks that delivered attacking options, would you not say? Yeah, absolutely. Aubameyang unlucky not to get more than his uh, five points, so just got an assist and... I don't know. I think we just got to rule out Arsenal as a, an FPL option despite their good fixtures now. They're just... Until Emery is gone or something like that, I just don't think... I don't even think Emery knows what to do. Why did they start with a back five against Southampton at home? I don't know. Yeah, you made, you made that point before they started playing. Uh, I just think he's a bit stubborn right now when he wants them to play the way he wants to play. I mean, he addressed that at halftime. I think he whipped uh, Callum Chambers off and went back to four at the back. And I didn't actually yeah. see that. But I just based on the substitution, I assume he went... Yeah, that's what they did, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I had a Batman this week as captain, so I was, like, really fucking, you know, I had a lot of eggs in that basket kind of going, please, that's a massive differential between you and me. It was, you know? yeah. I mean, it was a sort of move that if you had the player, you had to if I was there, I'd go for it. Yeah. But I don't know if I would have brought him in just because of Arsenal's poor form. But look, he got an attack in return. Just, but, it turned out Lacazette was the guy you needed. Yeah, well, exactly. And the question is now a way to Norwich, another nice fixture before a lovely home match against Brighton who as much as I like Brighton are conceding quite a few goals mm-hmm. so you know I'm going to hold up Amiens. is he going to be in my hot shots no he's fucking not going to be in my 11 hot points from your two picks one goal one assist goal for Kane got a bonus but also got booked surely that's enough to have won it Seamus oh, you would think so but my picks were on the money Vardy goal and assist on no Mane. missed penalty and I also had Mane so uh, they had two goals and an assist between them and they ended up with uh, five bonus points for him. So I got 21 points there. So that uh, was enough to see me win yeah, for the first time picks. in a couple of weeks, thankfully. So no shock that Aubameyang, Kane, Verdi and Manny all returned last week. But uh, I'm hoping to see something similar this week because I don't know if we touched on it, but there it's one of those weeks where so many nice fixtures in it. So many nice fixtures. Uh, will we move on to this week's picks or would you want yeah. to do a Puck Fada's first? Oh, for last week? Do the yeah. fucking Puck Fada's. We'll just finish up, round off last week. So last week's Puck Fada, I went first. And as I said, I thought, look, everything's got a terrible run of games coming up. And if Marco Silva wants to save his job, they got to beat this Norwich team. 
they went off and lost. Uh, his captain for today, Sigurdsson, was my puck fighter, under 5% owned, two points. Yeah, that was a big upset. I think a lot of people are kind of hoped on uh, an Everton kind of route there of Norwich. A few people are talking about Richardson. I thought Sigurdsson was a good pick. But yeah, no, they lost and he blanked for you. Well, two-point yeah. return, nothing. So my puck fighter was actually uh, a man who had it at the start of the season. He's dropped down to 6.1 now and going back to that Ings question we addressed earlier on. If you are looking at maybe a Danny Ings, maybe this man is uh, you know also kind of worth consideration. And that's the Diego Jata. Yeah. I can't remember. Never mind. Yeah, Diego Shad. I was like, which name is this again? But yeah, he died an assist last week. He was unlucky not to get more. Um, five points. So that saw me beat you in the puck fathers. Yeah. Did he score and have it ruled off for, out think, for offside? I think he did, And yeah. uh, he actually wasn't offside at all. But they say Jimenez might have been offside in the build-up to it, even though I don't think he was. But they, they called it. It didn't go to VAR. If it went to VAR, it might have been given. But he actually played excellent. He had another couple of chances as well. He was unlucky not to get more than the five points. That was a really good pick. And if he's picking up some form and you don't have Jimenez, maybe you want to go for, like you said, Ings. He could be... If I'm dropping an Aubameyang down to someone like Oh, hang that. on. It's hot at forward now. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a midfielder. Oh, no, never no. mind. So I was going to say he could be a good way to get into the Wolves' attack. He's a good way to get into the Wolves' attack. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I think he's still a good option. He's playing as a forward as well. He's not playing as a yeah, midfielder. Yeah, he is. He is. So. But remember last year he was classified as a midfielder. That's yeah. not confusing. Um, but yeah, you won that one. So uh, puck voted to you and hot shots to me. And uh, the green sheet also goes to me oh, with nice. my man Guibert, who I picked and then benched. Eight points, two bonus. Had a great game by all accounts. I didn't see the game, but just judging from what I'm hearing. That you actually picked him for the green sheets <laughs> and said, this man's going to get a clean sheet and you didn't put him in your I team. I, it was a last message. I couldn't, I was trying to decide all week and uh, I, I've already explained the reasons why I bench yeah. him. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if you've explained the reasons why you picked Callum Chambers as your green sheets. <sighs> Just uh, didn't give Southampton enough respect, Seamus. That seems to be the reason. And that bit me in the ass by Lacazette getting all the returns. That's what I see. That's what I feel like Karma did to me there. Yeah. I should not have picked Cam Chambers. I'm fucking Solitary slapping the head for that. Yeah. Uh, no, he fucked up. And uh, yeah, I won't be picking any more Arsenal defenders ever. I think that's borderline... Neglect. Neglect, yeah. <laughs> but this week, game week 14, we've got a fresh uh, set of hot shots and puck fathers. What are we looking at? Who had first pick this week? I did. All right, cool. Now, I just realized, am I allowed to pick the same player? I picked the exact same players as last week. No, you're not allowed. Am I not allowed? No. Oh, then we're going to have to totally change this around. Okay. Well, for this week, just because I don't have time for this, <laughs> you can stick with the same players as last are week. Are we not allowed to pick the same? I thought that was only... We put so many rules in. Uh, I, I can't remember them. the rules. Yeah, I just looked at it and I was like, huh, these are the exact same as last week. So, my first pick was Mane uh, with their upcoming, uh, their upcoming game. Uh, I think he's one of the standout choices this week. Now, obviously, there's Champions League midweek and you want to make sure there's no injuries or anything like that. But all things remaining as they are, I think Mane is probably one of the two or three best cap choices this week. I think you are, though. You, you, this should be okay, going with the same players as last week. Because last week you had picks two and three. Mm. So the fact that you had to get the same players again this week after having only picked one and four then yeah, yeah I think there's that. randomness involved there you had the chance to pick these players I did, I did. and I didn't go with Mar- I didn't have a chance to go with Manny Manny is a solid option I think mm. he would have been the first in the door for me too but I went with someone else who has been on uh, decent form had a good season so far and uh, they're playing a defence that are an absolute fucking joke at the moment that's Tammy Abraham for Chelsea against West Ham United with that Roberto Ladin goals I'm fully expecting him to 
to assist Tammy Abraham in no. getting a hat-trick. So, <laughs> another fucking fantastic captaincy I, option. I week. can see a, a hat-trick of own goals for Roberto, but Tammy getting the assist for all of them. Yeah, possibly. Very possibly. That's the that's how fucking clueless that guy looks. There's still points in the bank, but yeah, that's a good shout. Um, West Ham were rubbish, yeah. so yeah, good shout. So, yeah, West Ham are fast becoming a team that you target alongside Norwich and yeah. Watford and uh, Everton at the moment. But uh, my second pick, because I had two in a row, that let me look at Spurs, and it's a team that we didn't touch on too much in this podcast, especially, you know, our first post-Mourinho match. Um, but we saw returns from the likes of Deli Ali, Hunming Son, uh, Harry Kane, Aurier got on the fucking attack and returns list. Um, didn't he? He did. Yeah, I got yeah. assist. Yeah, so I mean, you're seeing all of the players that would be talked about, with the exception of maybe a Christian Eriksen, uh, but that would have been talked about, you know, as options for FPL. They all came good against West Ham last week. Uh, not the clean sheet. Gazaniga didn't actually. That was an interesting no. one. A lot of they, people they got they got very tired towards the end. They were giving it socks for yeah. the first. 60 you could see it was kind of yeah. fitness or um, fatigue or whatever, probably from the international duty. I don't know, but probably from pulling their finger out their ass for the first time in six months, maybe eighteen months. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it was good to see Spurs looking uh, like they're coming back into a bit of form, and that means this week I've gone with Sun. I think uh, Spurs against Bournemouth, a notoriously leaky defense, and a team that also have been pretty meh of the last uh, couple of months. So yeah, I expect uh, this new manager bounces you say Seamus to continue into game week 14 and Sun to deliver a bit yeah I think a lot of uh, Spurs looking so good this week is was down to how bad West Ham were because you saw when West Ham actually raised their game a small bit in the second half when they were already 3-0 down and too late to do anything uh, they actually gave Spurs some trouble so um, I think Spurs against another team who don't completely roll over um, may struggle but I think Sun is the best option in that team and we know Bournemouth Generally, have been very poor defensively. Although they have kept a few clean sheets. Yeah, but they were so. they were clean sheets in matches that you expected them to fucking win three or four nil, which was weird. Yeah, know? but they uh, they Ramsdale I saw this week made some really good saves uh, at various points. So like Wolves could have had more goals this week, but uh, Ramsdale looks like a good keeper. So maybe maybe he might do something against him. But I think Son is the Son is the guy the go to guy at Spurs. I'm not convinced on Ali yet. I think he's just he looks decent but he's priced he's very still very expensive he's over 8 million and a lot of competition in that midfield as well especially and, with Leicester assets yeah I'm still not convinced on Kane for his price I'd rather have Son one in relation to Kane I did see as actually from the defensive football scout kind of put, put up a link showing uh, Kane's involvement or his position on the pitch like his heat map in the West Ham match against uh, you know previous four game weeks or something like that for Spurs doesn't seem to have changed much. It seems to be pretty much so the, still exactly the same, yeah, same mm-hmm. positions. It doesn't seem to be much different at all. So that is worth noting. I found it quite interesting. But that is our hot shots. I just mentioned my second one. I said it earlier. My picks are the same, but I never mentioned Vardy is the second obvious. pick in case you didn't hear it earlier on. Um, yeah. yeah, another great game for him. I mean, and he may become captain because he's got all week to prepare for this. Was it Brighton? Everton. Uh, oh, he's got all week to prepare for Everton. And... Uh, yeah, no Champions League involvement or anything like that. So they should. Uh, I fully expect Brendan Rodgers to have his tactics spot on and them to put them to the sword. Yeah, and no. Marco Silva probably to lose his job unless he gets sacked before then. <laughs> Happy Christmas! Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's our hot shots. That brings us on to our puck fathers for this week, Seamus. And because you had first pick at a hot shots, I get first pick at a puck fathers. That's a fucking mouthful. But uh, I went with a man who's actually in my own uh, FPL team. I transferred him in last week. I usually don't go with someone in my team and like spread uh, my interest around but fuck it I want to see this guy get some attack and returns Harvey Barnes 
five percent or something no, like that. He's one point three. Yeah, no, he's owned by one point three. I meant yeah. to say his price. Uh, oh, his price. Sorry. Yeah, he's, I can't remember. I think he was five point nine. Yeah, five point nine million because I could just get him from Yarmolenko last week. Delighted at that because Yarmolenko's subsequently dropped point two. Mm-hmm. So I fancy, as you said, Vardy against Everton. I wanted to get a bit of that Leicester action, and I think Harvey Barnes has been unlucky not to get better. You know. Uh, you know, higher attack and return in the last couple of weeks. He started the last five matches. Yeah. He's playing 75, 80 minutes. Uh, they're, so not ro- they're not rotating that team. Like, Gray is out of the team at the moment. They're, they're sticking with the team that's winning, which is good to see. And he's, like, against Southampton a few weeks back, he had an unbelievable game. He links up really well down the left with Chilwell. Chilwell, who's been playing amazing recently. Um, so, a lot of their attacking play comes down the left. And, yeah, Barnes is... He's got a goal yeah, and he uh, he'll tip away, and that's all you want for somebody who's five point nine six million, and only owned by one point three percent, and that's why he's my puck follow for this week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad to hear that you support that move, Thomas. Yeah, definitely think that's not a bad move. I mean, I went with Tielemans as my midfielder. I don't think he can go wrong with any of these guys. No. Um, with uh, Southampton, you can go wrong, but I'm going for a player as my puck fodder. Ings is still only three point nine percent. A player we mentioned earlier. Just mentioned the fixtures once more. Watford at home this week. Not Norwich away after that. Newcastle, sorry, Norwich at home after that. Newcastle away. West Ham at home. Aston Villa away. Those are five tasty fixtures. He's probably the only one in the team I'd like. Yeah, and he is owned by three point nine percent. But uh, or not? Yeah, three point nine percent. But uh, yeah, as we we spoke about him in length, I think he's a solid option, especially this week. Southampton really need to put three points on the board, and a Watford match is it's already a six pointer. Would you say? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I don't like jumping on that cliche too early, but in terms of FPL-wise, you know, you got to look at the teams that need to play and need to find reasons yeah. to win, and yeah. Uh, so Green Sheet next. Green Sheet City. And I've gone first because I won last week, and uh, I've gone for uh, Williams from Man United, left back, scored this week, uh, four, four million. Probably the only positive to take from that fucking match. Didn't even check his percentage now, which is risky with United assets because they usually shoot up in percentage, but like he's surely under 1%. He's... And uh, yeah, he seems to be established in there. He's been playing well. And this was the week I thought he might not start with Young back and Luke Shaw, I think, available as well. But uh, Solskjaer said he's been playing well, so I'm going to keep him in the team. And you I don't think... fancy Villa to nick a goal at Old Trafford, no? No. Villa away are, are awful. Uh, at home, they're different. But uh, away from home, they're terrible. And I expect United to win that 2-0. Yeah, that's a solid shout. And I'd agree with you there. Uh, so my... Did I already... Oh, I already did. No, no, I didn't. Sorry. I was saying Carvey Barnes. Is he my... Uh... <laughs> no, my Breen Sheet this week. Um, I feel... It feels cheap. Because he's on the edge of the price rise. He's 5 million. He's had two consecutive... Uh, highest scoring FPL player in the week uh, two consecutive weeks yeah, of that top player two weeks in a row first player you said Seamus before that you read he's the first player to be the consecutive highest scoring player in uh, two years Harry yeah, Kane Harry Kane back in 17-18 when he had back-to-back hat-tricks around Christmas time Yeah, uh, that was the last time a player has had back-to-back top scoring point scorer in FPL which is weird because last week he only got 12 points which is kind of a low yeah yeah high. it is a strange it is a low high uh, but uh, yeah no that's Tarkowski he plays for Burnley in case you didn't know and uh, yeah he's been fucking raking in the points I fancy Burnley to keep out Crystal Palace I know Zaha got off to got off to the you know to score his first goal of the season last last week against Liverpool but I still fancy Burnley to keep Crystal Palace out home match Pope has been returning uh, you know decent decent uh, returns for the last couple of weeks from him so I wanted to get a bit more action and I'm going with Tarkowski yeah that's a good one I think um 
yeah, not much more to say than that. No, so there you go. I mean, Burnley again. Yeah, it's 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 a solid pick. But uh, we'll leave it there, folks. I would like to thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can get us on fblhangover at gmail.com. You can also get us uh, most likely place to get us anyway. We'll be on Twitter at fblhangover. Seamus, you're on Twitter. I'm at fpldrunk. You can reach out, send him some dick pics, please. Uh, again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy Game Week 14. May your hours be green. God bless.